Welcome to the ministry of Bishop Emmanuel Intefel of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Collegon. Bishop Intefel is a medical doctor and senior pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Collegon. A seasoned and anointed preacher and teacher of the Word of God, followed with various miracles, signs, and wonders. His in-depth teaching of the Word of God will change your life forever. Now, here's today's message. Church, grow. And the right... I had a, a statement that Bishop Oedipo made. He said, if the church that we are pastoring is not growing, it's your fault. He was speaking to his pastors. And he said, if the church that you are pastoring is not growing, do it for not nicely welcoming people to church. In other words, you are the center of the action. Hallelujah. You are the vessel, the channel through which God is building that particular church. And that is why it is very important for you to have the right attitude if you want to experience growth in your church. Hallelujah. Amen. And the growth in the church is a supernatural orchestration by God. Hallelujah. God is the one that is building his church and using you. So you need to position yourself in such a way that God can use you to build a large church. Hallelujah. Now, in this book, once again, the mega church, Bishop Dark teaches about the principle of the vessel change. The principle of the vessel change. Now the scripture says in a, a large house there are many vessels. So you are a vessel. And some of the vessels can become something. If a man shall purge himself of these things. Which means that there is something that you ought to do with yourself so that God massive growth in your church. And that is called its bottle or vessel. For instance, 
Coca-Cola will only be found in Coca-Cola bottles. Sprite has its own bottle. In order to be filled with Sprite, you need to be a Sprite bottle. This is because specific fluids are associated with specific bottles. It is the same thing with the anointing. Hallelujah. If you want to be filled with a Coca-Cola anointing, you need to be a Coca-Cola bottle so that that anointing would fit into you. In other words, you cannot be a certain type of vessel and expect a certain influence to come upon you. Give me the Coca-Cola. Do you have it there? Yeah. Now, how many of you enjoy Coca-Cola? How many of you want one now? Bishop Ogo says he wants one now. Can you open this one for me? Imagine that after the morning session, you go to a shop and yes, you want a bottle of Coca Cola. How many of you have drank this type before? Is that nice? How many of you are praying that I will give this, this one to you? I need Jesus, Jesus Christ's anointing to multiply it. <laughs> Hallelujah. And then the shop owner goes into her fridge or his fridge or a side room. And can you hold it for me, Pastor? Comes with. This is what you were expecting. You ask, how much is it? So it's. Two Ghana cities, three Ghana cities. You pay for it. The woman goes into the fridge and comes and says, thank you so much for coming to buy Coca-Cola from us. And brings you this. Now, how many of you realize that you will not accept it? It will just not work. She can explain and explain, explain but this is a vortic water bottle. It is not a Coca-Cola bottle. It will not work. God wants to use you to build a mega church. But God needs you to change. He needs a transformation within you before he can pour that grace into you. Your vessel must change. You must have a certain kind of attitude if you are to experience growth in your church. Briefly, I want to share with you three Hallelujah. So that you can experience church growth. Number one, you must have a heart for church growth. Have a heart 
for church growth. Now, your heart is very important. Everything begins. Amen. Proverbs chapter 4. Today's Living Bible rendition. Above all else, guard your affections. For they influence everything else in your life. They influence everything else in your heart. The King James Version says, guard your heart. Now give me the King James. Keep thy heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. Above all else, guard your affections. For the influence everything else in your life. Another translation says, the Message Bible, keep vigilant watch over your heart. That's where life starts. Amen. Your heart important for your ministry and for the growth of your church. Because of this. Number one. That is where life begins. Hallelujah. Now, you cannot use anything that has no life. You can't use anything that is dead. So, if your heart is dead to church growth, to desiring for more people to be won into the kingdom, you will not experience must flow with life for church growth deep down in your heart you must want growth your heart must want growth Bishop Ogo said if we're a pastor and your desire is for money or something else. You have missed said that there are some pastors who have no vision at all for church growth. Now, that is a decision of the heart. That is a decision of the heart. And many years, or a film or a book, something, when the heart decides. When the heart decides, your actions in life, what you do, are the exact outflowings of your heart. Amen? So what is in your heart is what you see. It's what you have. If you want to see growth, it is very, very important for you to have a heart that desires growth. Very important. James explained how sin comes. 
He says, sin starts with lust. And then when lust conceives, it will bring forth the sin. And the lust starts from the mind. Most things that just linger in your mind will not create fruition. Do not result in anything. But once it enters, it descends from the mind and enters the heart. It will produce a fruit. The fruit of church growth begins and continues with the heart. You may be here. You might have traveled from wherever to be here. But if you don't have that type of heart, you will not experience growth. The vessel of your heart must change. It must become, your heart must become a church growth heart. Then the graces for church growth, the strategies, the anointings, the wisdoms will fill that heart and cause it to produce fruit. Amen? It's very important. So what is in your heart? What is in your heart? What are you occupied with? Do you understand that? What is in your heart? What are you trying to achieve? What are you trying to to produce? If you can change your heart to a heart that desires to produce much fruit, you have started the journey. You have started the journey towards experiencing growth. Hallelujah. For out of your heart are the issues. Jesus said, it is not the thing that enters you, that affects you, but the things that are generated in the heart. So, just, you know, thinking, I want my church to grow. It's not enough. Your heart must make that decision. And it is my prayer that as the conference continues, the Holy Spirit will be performing surgery. Surgery. On your heart. Hallelujah. Now, unfortunately, many people, especially the younger ones, are entwined. To many young ministers now, the ministry to have a nice car. 
I mean, when they see a man of God, a nice car, but this is that I can see my future. To build a nice house. To be able to travel around. Now, so you realize that that is what is in your heart. So you will not do the things that Bishop Ogo was talking about. Paying the price to have knowledge. You will not do the things that Bishop Musa was teaching us yesterday. That you need to train the people. Teach them to become people who stay in the church. You don't have time. You just be looking at what can I do to get money. No, you don't need a big church to have money. You can have a small church, but use some other means to get money. Hallelujah. And as long as that is your heart, and that is what your heart wants. You will not pay the price to go through all the things that you must go through for the church to work. Oh yeah. God is speaking to your heart. Hallelujah. Your heart. Your heart. It starts. The growth of the church starts from the heart. You see, physically, the heart is a source of life. The heart is the centrality of your life. Your being. It's your life that gives food, nutrients, energy to the different parts of the body. When the heart becomes affected, you'll be affected. If something should happen to your heart and cause it to stop pumping, blood is over. Spiritually, if something happens to your heart and the wrong things happen to your heart, your ministry is finished. So what type of heart do you have? That's what I sitting now. Amen? What is it that you are trying to achieve? Yesterday, I spoke about this and I want to read it again. Reasons why you must have a large church. You must desire to have a mega church because that is the most appropriate vision and go for a pastor. It is the most appropriate vision and go. So it is a type of act that all along there are so many people who are on their way to hell. Can you use me? Can you use me to cause them to enter the kingdom? If you have that type of heart, that is the type of heart that would also provoke God to gather the people from everywhere and bring them to you. But if you don't have this type of heart, 
Why would God on his own? In Psalm 2 verse 8, he said, Ask of me and I will give you the hidden for thy inheritance. Ask. But when you have a heart that is thinking about some other things, you are not even going to ask for God to gather the people for you. Can I have an amen? The best vision and burning desire for every pastor is the vision for a large church. Why not have a large church if you are going to have a church? (laughs) No, in every industry, in every profession, people aspire to go to the very top. Oh yeah. One of the things that I keep saying is that don't be afraid of the word mega church. Large church. Sometimes pastors are afraid of that. It's as if that when you say it, you are becoming proud. You are becoming boastful. But what is your aim in the ministry? All the things that you are doing, what is the bottom line? There can be only one bottom line. That people must come into the kingdom and not a few people. It is God's desire that all men will come repentance. And if that is the case, then it means the heart that God has is that a lot of people will be saved through your church. Not a few people. Not a few people. So why don't you also have that same heart? But if God were to expose our hearts right now, each one of us, and put it on the screen, you, you realize that for some of us, you are building up. The whole build up of your ministry is to get an opportunity to travel abroad. And then that's it. Amen. That is, the, that, is, that, that is the aim. That is what is in your heart. And why will God then begin to gather people for you and around you? Amen. So, a good attitude to have in order to experience growth is a heart for church growth. A heart to be fruitful. A heart to see many saved. A heart to see God bringing people out of darkness and bringing them into the light. In your ministry, when you look around, you should be happy that because of you, 10,000 people who have gone to hell are not going. But they are sitting down there singing to the Lord, worshiping the Lord, pleasing the Lord, serving the Lord, living their lives for Jesus Christ. That is what should make you happy. So what type of heart do you have? Do 
Just as you will not accept Coca-Cola in a different type of vessel. In the same way, God is not going to fill you with a lot of people when your heart has not made that decision. Any pastor who walked out of this conference with that type of heart, Lord, I want to see a lot of people through my ministry escaping hell and coming into the kingdom. Can you use me? Any pastor who go out of this conference with this type of heart, God will begin to gather people around you. Yeah. 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 Now, your heart is also important because the size physically, listen to me, physically, the size of your heart is almost like the size of your cleansed fists. Cleanse your fist, everybody. Look at it. That is the size of your heart within you. Now, what do we use our hands to do? We use our hands to work. Therefore, it means that the size of your ministry, the size of your church, how big, how small it is, is dependent on the size of your heart. Listen to me. Are you here or you go home? It shows that the works of our hands, the works of your hands, will, will only be as big as your heart. The larger your heart, hand. If you be able to do with your hand, it is time for you to allow God to work on your heart so that of somebody is determined by the largeness of his heart. How big is your heart? How big? How much are you ready to accommodate? When a pastor for a lot of people see is that he's very forgiving, compassionate. When I was coming up in the ministry, I assisted one of our bishops, Bishop Sam, who is our bishop in Tema. And I always tell him that I learned Now, the person's behavior was he had a way of accommodating. Pastor, leave him. Leave, just, just leave him to me. I'll sort him out. The door out of the church. If you continue to show people the door out of the church, you are going to sack the people in the... Look. Recently, we are enrolling some people into the Bible school. And many people have said, oh, I've fornicated before. 
pornography before. Oh, I had a panel of, you know, people who are now learning how to get into things like that. And I kind of looked at them. Nobody. Then I said, how many of us during school days? Everybody said, ah, me too, I was it. You must have a large heart. God is giving you a large heart. Receive a large heart for a large church. Receive a large heart for a large church. So that's the first attitude. A heart for church. So when Jesus said, you are clean by the word that I have spoken to you. Let them sit in the church. But you keep on preaching and teaching. By the word of God, they will become clean. Number two. Number two. Have a vision. Vision is something that you are sort of forecast. Now, the scripture says, where there's no vision, the people perish. If you don't have a vision, you will not even exist. Your church is soon going to exist. You must have a vision. And if you want a large church, how Amen? Have a vision for a large church. Musa just told us, you can only become what you see. Amen? And there are two aspects of the vision. What you see and what you dream. Amen. Some things you must see and some things you must dream about. If you want to have a large church, you should be seeing a large church and you should be dreaming about a large church. Hallelujah. Are you here in Bohem? Now, look at Genesis chapter 13. From verse 14. Genesis chapter 13 from verse 14. Can you give it to me? And the Lord said unto Abraham, after that Lord was separated from him, lift up now, now thy eyes and look from the place where thou art northward and southward and eastward and westward. Continue. For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it and to thy seed forever. So God told 
Reverend Dr. Abraham. This is the land. What can you see? The size of your church, Reverend Abraham, depends on how much you can see. He said, all the land that thou seest, all the land, all the land, if you can see, I will give it to you. Now, many of us don't see large churches. For the past 15 years of your ministry, all that you have been seeing are small, 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 small churches. All your friends have small churches. You never break rank. And what you see affects you. In fact, when you are a church of 50 people, and you move around friends, and their churches are 30, 20, 25. Now you tell yourself that I have a large church. And, and of course, you have a large church. <laughs> but that is based on what you are seeing. Hallelujah. So, seeing your ability to see both physically and to visualize will affect your ability to have a large church. Yesterday I made a statement. I said I want to give all of you a vision. And that is to visit Bishop Musa's church in Soweto, South Africa. Just to see. Just to see. Just to see. For the past several years, Bishop Dad goes so fast to Korea. And says, guys, come along. I just want you to see. Just see. See church. Now, you think you have a church, but I want you to come and see church. In Dr. Joe's church, on Sunday morning, there are seven services. Bishop Jake, you're welcome. And one of the amazing things that you see about church growth is at the end of one service, it takes a while for the second service for another service to start. And that is because it takes a long time for everybody to go out. Then suddenly, they open the gates. And a church that says 12,500 people, when they open the gates, you just see a mass of people running. And within two, three minutes, the whole church is full. Now, you see, you need to see that because you are used to, when you start your service, there are three people there. Then after 20 minutes, another two people you understand it? By the time the praise and worship is ended and you are taking the first offering, 50 people have come. By the time you are ready to preach, you see these three funny people who are coming but they are sending text messages, you know, they are speaking on the phone. 
I mean, the gathering of your people is so, itself is so stressful that it discourages you. So if you went to a church where people gathered that way, immediately it will affect you. May God work on your eyes. May God give you a vision. May God give you a vision. That is why God told Abraham, I want you to see. I want you to see. Now, Jacob understood this principle. Look at Genesis chapter 30. I'm just going to read. Enjoy the word of God. Genesis chapter 30. I'm reading from the NIV. From verse 25. After Rachel gave birth to Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, send me on my way so I can go back to my own homeland. Give me my wives and children for whom I've served you and I will be on my way. You know how much work I have done for you. But Laban said to him, if I have found favor in your eyes, please say, I've learned by divination that the Lord has blessed me because of you. He added, name your wages and I'll pay them. Verse 29, Jacob said to him, you know how I've worked for you and how your livestock has fed under my care. The little you had before, before I came has increased greatly and the Lord had blessed you wherever I have been. But now, when may I do something for my own household? What shall I give? Levan asked. Don't give me anything, Jacob replied. But if you do this one thing for me, I'll go on tending your flocks and watching over them. Let me go through all your flocks today and remove from them every speckled or spotted sheep, every dark-colored lamb, and every spotted or speckled goat. They will be my wages, and my honesty will testify for me in the future. Whenever you check on the wages, you are paid me. Any goat in my possession that is not speckled or spotted or any lamb that is not dark colored will be considered stolen. Agreed, said Laban. Let it be as we have said. That same day, he removed all the male goats that were streaked or spotted and all the speckled or spotted female goats, all that had white on them and all the dark colored lambs and he placed them in the care of his sons. Then he put a three-day journey between himself and Jacob while Jacob continued to tend the rest of Laban's flocks. Verse 37. Jacob, however, took fresh-cut branches from poplar, almond, and plane trees and made white strips on them by peeling the back and exposing the white inner wood of the branches. Then, he placed the peeled branches in all the watering troughs 
so that they will be directly in front of the flocks when they came to drink. Now watch. So that they will be directly in front. In front. Why? So that they can see. When the flocks were in heat, that is when they were ready to be fertilized and came to drink, they mated in front of the branches. In front of the branches. Why? So they can see. So they can see. The reason why you have not experienced growth to a certain level is that you have not seen. You have not seen. God is changing two things about you this afternoon. Your heart and your vision. Amen? When the speckled goats sheep were ready to mate to come together he will bring them to the watering troughs where he has put the speckled branches there. So as they are mating, they'll be watching. They'll be watching. What was the effect? And they bore young that were streaked or speckled or spotted. Jacob set apart the young of the flocks by himself, but made the rest face the streaked and dark colored animals that belong to Laban. Thus, he made separate flocks for himself and did not put them with Laban's animals. Whenever the stronger females were in heat, Jacob would place the branches in their troughs in front of the animals so they would mate near, near the branches. But if the animals were weak, he would not place them there. So the weak animals went to Laban and the strong ones to Jacob. Now listen to verse 43. In this way, in this way, in this way, in this way, by this means, using this, applying the key of vision, the power of vision, seeing, visualizing, dreaming, aspiring, in this way, in this way, remember that he went to Laban and said, where are my wages? He didn't have anything. And then, he selected the speckle and the strict animals. And God gave him wisdom. Bishop Musa just taught us to grow, to keep the people, and to cause the church to multiply. God has to give you wisdom. 
So God gave Jacob wisdom. What was that wisdom? Just take some, the back of trees, cut them into the pattern of the few animals that you have. And let them see. Because they will bring forth what they see. Bishop Dan puts it this way. He says, what you see, you will become. What you see, you will become. The problem with you is that for the past five years, you have been seeing only littleness. Littleness. Amen? Just littleness. A few shoulders. But the time has come for you to lift up your eyes. For you to lift up your eyes and see both physically and in the realm of the spirit largeness, greatness. Because what you see you will become. One of the things that I often do is when I am praying to play documentaries that show large a large church, just a lot of people. I'll be praying and just watching, just a lot of people, because it affects me. It affects me. The Bible said that in this way. In this way, the man grew exceedingly prosperous and came to own large flocks and men servants and men servants and camels and donkeys. Now, put your name there and say, in this way, mention your name, I grew exceedingly prosperous and came to own a large Congregation. Oh. Hallelujah. Yeah. Is it this one of the reasons for conferences? For conferences. When you come, you see. Even even you see a lot of people. Even you see other pastors. You say, oh, I'm not alone. The other pastors like me. I tell my pastors, let somebody and go to a large church. Just go and see. Just sit down there and see. And then go through the processes after the service. Go to the pastor and see all the different things. What are the different things that they are doing and have been doing that is making the thing to work? Just look. Once a while. Don't just get yourself stuck in a little corner. Amen? Because what you see affects you. Look. 
Honestly speaking, after 12 years of seeing the same faces in the church, you begin to wonder whether God has called you. And some of us, we are at that stage. We are at that stage. And in our time, pastors are resigning from pastoring. It's very common in, in America. They just give up. I'm not my pastor. But God is trying to help you. God is saying, you are not seeing, I'll give you eyes, but you are not using the eyes. And then I'll give you a heart, but you don't have a heart for church growth. You have a heart for other things. Hallelujah. John chapter 4 verse 35. Jesus says something to the disciples. John chapter 4 verse 35. Do you not say four months more and then the harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. Open your eyes. Before you even venture, it's very important for you to see how large. Pastors, if we could see the billions of people on earth who are on their way to hell will be motivated to build large churches. will be motivated to build large churches. If only we can see. But you see, we are not seeing. We are looking at ourselves. We are looking at ourselves. Let me show you a scripture. Are you here or you go home? I am talking about attitudes that you need huh? to have so that God would give you growth. Hallelujah. Second Peter chapter 1 from verse 5. And beside this, giving all diligence, add your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and brotherly, brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness, and charity. Is that it? Verse 8 is our verse. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 9. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off. And had forgotten that he was perished from his old sins. 
Listen. The reason why many Christians and many pastors are not fruitful is because they are blind. They are blind. Blind to what? Blind to the harvest. No, the harvest is not part of our meditation. How we can get a visa, how we can get a lot of money, how the offerings can become very big for us to enrich ourselves, how we can go on television, whatever, that is the main thing. But not the harvest. Not the harvest. But not until you have seen the harvest, you will not enter into the harvest to reap it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Not until you have seen the estate. That's why Jesus said, let up your eyes. The harvest is already ripe. It needs to be harvested now. Blind. Now, for those who are not blind, short-sighted and cannot see afar off. Now, how come you cannot see afar off? Because you are engaged with your personal issues. If I get an opportunity on Friday, I will teach you about how you can have a large church through the planting of branches. But that's also another way. We have 50 years, 30 years, 20 years, 45 years. When you put it together, you see that you have 10,000. That's also another key. But you will not start to plant churches when you are very, when the money comes, you are thinking about your house, your car, your Korean car. A certain car that when you went somewhere, you saw a friend of yours using, and it's like, Charlie, how to get one of these? So all the church's income that come, you are, you, you are, you are channeling everything to yourself. Not to the harvest. And that's why you're not fruitful. But may God touch your eyes. 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 May God cause you to see. When you are, when you are blind, you are helpless. Luke chapter 18 from verse 35. A blind person is a helpless person. And it came to pass that as he was come nigh unto Jericho, a certain blind man sat by the wayside begging. And hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth passed by. And he cried, saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And then which went before rebuked him that he should hold his peace. 
But he cried so much the more. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood and commanded him to be brought unto him. And when he was come there, he asked him, saying, What would thou that I shall do unto thee? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. Now, he was blind. The Bible says that because he was blind, he was begging. When you are blind, Pastor, if you don't work on your vision in this church, in this ministry that God has given to you, you are going to continue to beg. If you want to do a crusade, you have to beg somebody for the platform. If you want to do this thing, you have to beg. All because you are blind. Blind to what? The harvest. You can't see. Number two, because of your blindness, you always depend on others. Who decide whether to help you or not to help you. Even when Jesus called for him to come, others had to take him. And number three, when you are blind, your whole life is a project for everybody. There are young pastors here. Your apostle, your general overseer, your bishop sent you, helped you, set you up, but you have no focus. Instead of focusing on building, you are just moving around, moving. All kinds of things. All kinds of things. You see, seeing also goes with focusing. Yeah. Now, many people don't know this, but as late as probably 1996-97, Bishop Dad was not going anywhere. He was not going anywhere. He was here. He was here. Focused on building the church. Having um, nice schools, shepherds, schools, camp meetings, places, special services. By the time, you know, he, the house made him to brand all over. Vision goes with. Listen, your eyes are everywhere. Actually, you can't see whether you are a prophet or you are a pastor or you are an apostle. Or... <laughs> you can't see. How many, how many of you understand what God is talking to you about? I'm talking about attitude. Vessel change. Vessel change. Coca-Cola must be carried by Coca-Cola bottle. Everybody will buy it. Look at this thing that you brought. We don't know whether it's so below. What are the possibilities? What are the possibilities? What, what, what are the possibilities? Eh? Bishop Ogo is helping. Yes. <laughs> Asana. Asana. Sobolo. Sobolo. Um, Medan. Old urine. Urine is old. Urine. That is old urine. 
Pito. Pito. Kofobidia. We don't know what it is. Now, who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Bishop Musa thought that. He said, Jesus said, if your eye is single, your light will be great. Have a single eye that is focused on building a large church. And very soon, you are going to have a large church. Are you clapping your hands for Jesus? Number one attitude, the heart. A heart for church growth. Number two, have a vision. Have a vision. And number three, what type of vision? What type of vision are we talking about? What type of vision? Remember I said that a vision is also a dream, an aspiration. Now, this vision that I am talking about is a burning desire in your heart. Something that consumes you. Something that eats you up. Something that you sleep with. You, you sleep in, within with. Wake up with. Bath with. Sit with. Eat with. Drive with. You are totally consumed. Listen, for you to become a mega church pastor, you must be consumed by the idea that I need to have a mega church. Oh, yeah. Listen. Fruitfulness is not gained through casual browsing. No. If you get married and you go to your room and you just hug yourself every day, you just hug, you know, you kiss, you just hug and just attach, give high five, you know, use your hands to brush around the, the pubis area. Your wife also holds the bolobola and just dangle it up and down, up and down. It doesn't bring it, it, doesn't, it doesn't break children. For that to be children, we have to go deeper. We have to go deeper. Number one, our clothes become a nuisance. We remove the whole, every clothing until the small one that is left. And even that must come off. The woman, you, you cannot put your two legs together like this. No, 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 no. You need to position yourself. He said, I'm talking about a vessel change. You need to position yourself in such a way that the man can gain entrance and deep entrance to deposit some seeds inside. Then and only. Can you begin to bear for food?
How many of you have this book? No, I know, sincerely. Yeah, I can see that a lot of you don't, do, don't have it. What about this? Yeah. What about this? Yeah. A lot of you don't have it. Some of you, you've heard about it. You like, you like the color. Baby, it's too fat. You understand it? Even the thickness alone is a problem. But there are many, many, first it used to be a few. Now, the stories about pastors who have eaten these books and built huge ministries has become, become a commonplace. A commonplace thing. A commonplace testimony. People who have not come into contact with Bishop that physically, somebody gave a copy. They sat in their rooms and ate these books. Engaged with the wisdom, the anointing in these books. Soak themselves like God, can this help me to build a large church? Then I'll give myself. Go deeper. Listen, your desire for church growth is too superficial. But I prophesy into your life. Any pastor who will leave this conference impregnated with a desire for church growth. You are going to become a mega church pastor. You are going to become a mega church pastor. Listen. You must be thirsty. You must be hungry to see God's power manifesting church growth in your church. Look at Psalm 63. As I close. Three attitudes that you need to have so that God will give you church growth. Number one, have a heart for church growth. Amen? Number two, have a vision. And number three, this vision must be God. Early will I seek thee my soul tested for thee. My flesh longed for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Why, why, why are you, why are you testing for God in a dry land? In a dry land. Go and look for a place where there's water. A place where there are streams. But I see, in real ministry, often as it is, you find yourself in dry places, desolate places. Yeah, but if you can still continue to be thirsty and hungry, and be hungry for growth, for increase, for fruitfulness, for largeness, God will manifest Himself. Why are you longing? For God 
in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Verse 2. To see thy power and glory. Before power and glory, there must be tests and there must be hunger. Listen, you must be, you must, you must be crazy with church growth. Anything you are doing, church growth must come into it. <laughs> yeah. Will this bring increase? Will this bring people? Of course, legitimate spiritual things. I'm not talking about other things. Because there are so many other things that you can do to let people come into the church. Hallelujah. But I'm talking about a burning desire. Hey, remember when you were chasing your wife? Remember? You go and visit her. Spend five hours. The five hours will be like five minutes. Then, when you cry her, you understand cry her? How many of you understand that? When you cry her, when you say, bye-bye, as you are going, she will say, oh, please, can I see you? You're going to visit her at Legon. She can come and see you off at to sec. Then why she also tells her, she goes, oh, let me, yes, yes, sir. Why? You see, because there's something. There is something. May God put fire. May God put a burning desire for change God in your heart. Receive that grace now. Receive that grace now. Receive that grace now. Receive that grace now. In the name of Jesus. May your vessel change. May your vessel change. Give me that scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 2 from verse 20. Quickly. Hmm. But in a great house, they are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth and some to honor and some to dishonor. Listen. We are the vessels in the house. And God says, some are gold, some are silver, some are earth, some are wood. Some are honorable. Some are dishonorable. Verse 21. If a man therefore purge himself, not if God purges, the restructuring, the remodeling of the vessel, the changing of the vessel, you have to do it. If God sees that you have a heart for church growth. If God sees that you have a vision for a large church. If God sees that you are, you are, you are passionate about that dream. You entice God. You entice God to begin to cause you to enlarge and expand. Lift up your hands and just pray and say, Lord, change my attitude. Pray.
Lift up your hands and pray. Pray. We are coming to the end of the morning session. Pray. Which aspect concerns you? Is it your heart? Is it your vision? Is it your desire? Everybody pray. Lord, give me a heart for church growth. Lord, give me a heart for church growth. Lord, affect my eyes to see greatness, largeness. by Moses. To go and look at the possibility of building a church. Then came and said, no, 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 no. The ground is too high. A lot of witches, wizards. I mean, the people, they don't receive the word of God. Caleb and Joshua said, it's true. They are there. But we can see greatness. Now, do you know what the ten spies saw? They saw themselves as grasshoppers. You are what you see yourself to be. Now, after this conversation, you are still in a small church. Begin to see yourself as a mega church pastor. Receive the spirit of the can do man. Shout, I can do. I can do. A large church. I have a large church. I'm a mega church pastor. I'm a mega church pastor. I'm a mega church pastor. I, I, I can have through Christ which strengthens me. Lift up your hands. Oh Lord. Lift up your hands and tell him. Make it ever
This is our prayer, Lord. This is what I have been blessed by this message. We invite you to worship with us at the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral Collegonal, opposite the Collegon main gate. Our service times are early rain service, 6.30 to 8.15 a.m. Love and hope service, local languages services, from 7.30 to 9.30 a.m. Love and faith service, from 9.30 to 11.30 a.m. Our Vibrant View Church is also at 9.30 a.m. to 12 noon. Be part of our midweek impartation service this and every Tuesday from 6.15 to 8.30 p.m. prompt. For further prayer and counseling and further inquiries, please call 0278-888-884 or 0543-289-289. The numbers again. 0278-888-884 or 0543-289-289 God bless you. To glorify